mountains rise and fall. Amen. Seasons come and go. Sing, sing, all of the 
service of Words of Deliverance Christian Center. We're coming to you live. And my name is A.D. Jackson. And we thank God for another Sunday. We thank God for another day. We thank God for being who he is because he gives out multiple mercies day by day. And we thank God for his mercies because they endure forever. Don't let the devil think that God is not a merciful God but because he is. The devil comes with guilt. God comes with conviction. And God gives you a space to repent and to come to him because he is a forgivable God. He forgives you. Although we have shortcomings, God still forgives. Ask, and ye shall find. Seek X of God, and it shall be given unto thee. Seek, and ye shall find. In other words, look for him in his glory. Find God. When you find God, you have find you have found eternal life. Now, when I say find, God is already there. But when I say find, I'm saying seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and the door shall be open unto you. But if you're not seeking, how can you find? And if you're not knocking, how can the door? The person on the other side of the door respond to the knock if you're not knocking. So Jesus said, I am the door. So what we need to do is acknowledge him and give him all of the glory and let him know that we are nothing without him. We thank God for just being in the midst of us because he is omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time because time does not stop God. God stops time. When time stops, God stops the time. Thank God for the beginning. Thank God for, for the end. Thank God for the in-between. Thank God for being Alpha. Thank God for being the Omega. And also, we thank God for being the Eleazar, 
between God and man, which is Jesus Christ. We thank you, and we give your name the praise, the honor, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Today's message is a message of the woman at the well. John, the fourth chapter, starting at the first verse, and it reads in the King James Version, first of all, we want to thank God for his word, and his word, that his word may go forth with understanding and break yokes in our lives and give us revelation knowledge of your word that we may grow thereby because the enemy does not want us to know God's word. Not only that he doesn't want us to know God's word, he don't want us to know the revelation knowledge of God's word. John, the fourth chapter, starting at the first verse, and it reads, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not, baptized not, but his disciples. He left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph, which was his baby boy. Joseph was his baby. He was the youngest of the twelve tribes of Israel. Amen. Then he gave his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus therefore being weary with his journey, in other words, he was tired and thirsty, set thus therefore on the will, and it was about the sixth hour, which being twelve o'clock. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to walk to drink. Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Because they was hungry, went to the city to buy meat, to feed each other. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, asketh drink of me, which am I, which am a woman of Samaria? This is a question. For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that said to thee, Give me to drink, thou would have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water. Another question. Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children 
and his cattle? There's another question. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give, give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Now she's in the natural. Jesus said unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he who whom thou have thou and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, and that saith thou truly. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worship in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem, in the place where men ought to worship, Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh, when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye know not what. Ye worship ye know not what. We know that what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. For the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ, when he is come. He will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. I have to repeat that. I that speak unto thee am he. In other words, when you hear an audible voice that's speaking to you, I that speak unto thee am he. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he took, talked with the woman, yet no man said, What seekest thou? Or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did is not this the Christ. Another question. Then they went out of the city and came unto him in the mean while his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. So Jesus is getting ready to give them some enlightenment on the meat. He gave the woman the enlightenment on water. And that is my message today, is that 
John, the fourth chapter, starting at the first verse, is about the water. The water. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, the spirit is God. The truth is the word. Near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave his son Joseph, his youngest of the twelve tribes of Israel. Now, here's the thing. These are generations after Jacob and uh, his family inherit the well and Joseph was the recipient of that land. Now, we want to talk about this water. Water is a transparent and a natural odorless, tasteless, a tasteless liquid, a compound of hydrogen and oxygen, H2O, freezing as 30 in, at 32 degrees Fahrenheit and boiling up to 212 degrees, that in a more or less impure state constitutes rain, oceans, lakes, rivers. It contains 11.188% hydrogen and 88.812% of oxygen by weight. A special form or variety of this liquid is a rain and hydrogen is a colorless, odorless, flammable gas that combines chemicals with oxygen to form water. Now we're going to talk about that in the spiritual that forms water. The lightest of the known elements, symbol H, atomic weight, 1.00797, atomic number is 1, the density is 0.0899 grams liter at 0 and 760 millimeters pressure. How much water in the, is in the human body? The percentage of water varies according to your age and gender. Here is a look at how much water is inside you. The amount of water in a human body ranges from 50 to 75%. The average adult human body is 50 to 65% water, averaging around 70, 50, 57 to 60%. And why do we need water in our body? It helps create saliva. It helps create saliva. Water is a main component of saliva. Saliva also includes small amounts of electrolytes, mucus, and enzymes. It regulates your body temperature. Staying hydrated is crucial to maintaining your body temperature. Your body loses water through sweat, during physical activity, and in hot environments. It, it protects your tissues. Your spinal cords, your spinal cord and joints. Water consumption helps lubricate and cushions your joints. So we need water in the natural, and we also need the water of life in the spirit. And the water of life in the spirit is everlasting life. Matthew 
the third chapter, the 11th verse, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but that, but he that cometh after me, this is John the Baptist, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes, mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, which is hydrogen. The Holy Ghost is the water, and the fire is the hydrogen that creates, not only creates, but it burns the things that are not like God. If you go back to the water in the natural, it's a transparent, odorless, tasteless liquid, a compound of hydrogen and oxygen. So you have oxygen, and hydrogen together. And once you have those two together with the Holy Ghost, that with fire, which is hydrogen or flammable in the natural, the Holy Ghost is the spirit and the hydrogen is the fire, the Holy Ghost that with fire, which will consume Whatever that is not like God in your life. That's why Jesus said that he is the water of life. And it's eternal life through the water that you would never thirst. John, the seventh chapter, the 38th verse says, He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, God's word, out of his belly, shall flow rivers of living water. The word of God becomes alive in your life because it begins to guide and protect you according to Psalms 23 and 1. The Lord is my shepherd to feed, to guide, and to shield me. I shall not want. So we have this water. We have this water of protection. We have this water of life. The water of life, which is hydrogen, which is the spirit of God and fire mixed in there together. The Holy Ghost, rivers of living water flowing. A little better shall flows rivers of living water. In other words, out of your belly shall flows shall flow rivers of the living water of God, which is the Holy Spirit, and that with fire, which is the hydrogen, to consume and to lay aside every weight, because you cannot lay aside every weight without the water of God. He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Second Kings, the fifth chapter, 14th verse, and what I want to do is read the Amplified Version. Of Matthew, Matthew the third chapter, 11th verse. I'm going to read the Amplified of all the scriptures just to get an idea. Uh, Matthew 
thank God for his word. Matthew, the third chapter, and the 11th verse. And it reads, and amplified, as for me, I baptize you with water because of your repentance, that is, because you are willing to change your inner self, your old way of thinking, regret your sin, and live a changed life. This is an amplified. But he, the Messiah, the anointed one, who is coming after me, John the Baptist is stating, is mightier, more powerful, more noble than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to remove. Even as his slave, he will baptize you who truly repent. In other words, who that truly repent with the Holy Spirit and you who remain unrepentant with fire. Judgment. Judgment. You hear that? Consumed with fire. Judgment. His winnowing fork is in his hand and he will thoroughly clear out his threshing floor and he will gather his wheat believers into his barn kingdom but he will burn up the chaff the unrepented Holy Ghost with fire so if you don't repent you're going to be consumed and then also that fire can consume whatever's in you unrepented with unquenchable fire now what they're saying in Matthew is that they're talking about the hell fire, the unquenchable fire. So if you don't repent and you don't change and you don't recognize who God is or confess that he is your savior or that he is the Messiah, the anointed one, then you're going to be consumed with fire and it's going to be unquenchable fire. Unquenchable. John, the seventh chapter. Thank God for his word. John, the seventh chapter. 38 verse. And it reads, He who believes in me, who adheres to, trusts in, and relies on me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being will flow continually rivers of living water. But he was speaking of the Holy Spirit, whom those who believe in him as Savior were to receive afterwards. The Spirit had not yet been given. It's talking about the day of Pentecost. Because Jesus was not yet glorified, raised to honor. In other words, he had been died on the cross and rose on the third day yet. So the day of Pentecost has not come until after Jesus rose from the dead. And when he ascended, 
back to heaven and he told them that he would send a comforter and this is what Matthew is saying after Jesus continued or finished his assignment. This is what they're saying. So you're going to have the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost and that which with fire, the ones that's unrepentant will be consumed and live in unquenchable fire. In other words, hell fire. But that same fire can consume whatever is lacking in your life. In other words, the obstacles and the unwanted situations that the enemy is trying to rest upon you. John 7, 38. He that believeth on me, as the scripture said, out of the belly shall flow rivers of living water. 2 Kings, the fifth chapter. Starting at the 14th verse. 2 Kings, I won't be before you long. Have uh, maybe 30 minutes left. 2 Kings. Fifth chapter in the 14th verse. And it reads in the King James Version, then went he down, talking about the soldier, the general, the man that was, I wouldn't say arrogant, but he had a perceived thought that if the prophet would just come out and lay hands on him, he shall recover. But that's not how it worked in his situation. Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, in which the general is not, did not want to dip in Jordan because Jordan was a, can I use the word corrupt, uh, river? Well, it, it wasn't clean. Then he went down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan. Now, imagine the situation. you in the midst of corruption. you in the midst of uh, diseases. you in the midst of sickness. you in the midst of calamities. You are in the midst of this, which is the river that's covered with multiple trash, dirt. I wouldn't say dirt because that's part of the river. Trash, which is mud, you got trash, you got whatever that's contaminated in that water. So if you look in the spirit with the River Jordan, all around you is calamities. All around you is sickness and disease. All around, in the midst of you, in the midst of you, is there. But at the same time, when the prophet speaks, regardless whatever is in that water, there's still life. Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the sayings of the men of God, Elijah. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little 
child and he was clean. A little child. In other words, his skin was so smooth like a baby. He had leprosy and he was losing his skin and he went to the man of God and the man of God never came to the door but he sent his messenger or his servant to tell the general to go dip in the Jordan seven times and before he made that dip seven times he had an attitude because the prophet did not see him face to face but God was there and God told the prophet to tell the general to tell the messenger to tell the general to go dip and the general did not want to hear that the general wanted the prophet to come outside lay hands on him and he recovered but that's not how God works. God works in mysterious ways. And not only that he works in mysterious ways, he does not work the way you want him to work. So if the prophet tells you what to do, I think you ought to obey the prophet because the Bible says that. Obey the prophet and so shall you prosper. So... The prophet sent the messenger and told the general to go dip. The general refused to dip in a nasty pool, in that nasty river. So the general people around him said, if he wanted you to do this, you would do it. If he wanted you to do that, you would do that. So why won't you do what the prophet said because you went to the prophet for a word to get delivered. And the prophet said, go dip. And not only did he say, go dip, he sent his messenger. And the prophet never saw the general. But he saw him in the spirit. And the spirit of God told him to tell the general to go dip seven times in Jordan. So. And he amplified, so he went down and plunged himself into the Jordan seven times, just as the man of God said. And his flesh was restored like that of a little child, and he was clean. Now, before all of that, he still had leprosy. His skin was still torn. Because why? He was disobedient. When God tells you to do something, do it. Because he knows. See, God, here's, here's the thing. People don't know this, but it's the truth. God is a scientific God. And the scientist in the natural world works on theory. God in the spiritual world, as a scientist or scientific, works under the truth. And see, the scientists cannot conclude. They always have theories. So they never can conclude anything 
because they're not sure of that knowledge. But Jesus is the scientific God, which is the truth. And what he says is true. So when he tells you to go dip, the scientific of the elements that God speaks are rest assured. And he doesn't have to have a theory. Because why? He is the knowledge. Not only that he's the knowledge, but he is the ultimate scientific science on this earth and in heaven. Because when he speaks, he does not have to speak in theory. He speaks in truth because his word is truth. So what am I saying? You can assume something of your knowledge or your science, which is knowledge, or your thought, and you come with a theory, or you, you come with something, but you can't conclude it because your word is not scientific enough to be proven. But God's word is scientific to be proven. Why? Because he said it. He said it in the beginning, let there be light. That's scientific proof. When he said, let there be light, and he saw that it was light, and it was good to him. Why? Because he is a scientific, proven God. We as men, we are scientific, but we cannot prove the true science of what we're researching. In other words, our research is always in theory, but not in total truth. Why? Because they cannot put a finger on it. But they can assume. But God can put a finger on it because he is the finger of God. And I'm making myself clear. I hope I am. So God is a scientific God. When the prophet told him to go dip seven times, that's a scientific movement. And the scientific movement lets the general know that he shall be made whole. Why? Because the word of God spoke through the prophet to the messenger to the general. It was concluded. You go dip seven times and you shall be restored. That's all you need to know. When God gives you a word through the prophet or he just speak through you directly then you know for sure without a shadow of a doubt that that scientific word that was spoken to you shall come to pass. Why? Because God said, let there be light. Are you hearing me? Second Kings, the fifth chapter and the 14th verse. Just obey the prophet. Obey God. And restoration is there. John, the fifth chapter, four through the eighth verse. And it reads in the King James Version, for the angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. We're still talking about the water. We're still talking about the water. We're talking about the water in the natural and we're talking about the water in the spirit, which is the living water, which is the everlasting life water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling 
of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years, 38 years without walking. He was born that way. 38 years. 38 year old man infirmity for 30 long years. When Jesus said him, when Jesus saw him and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, Jesus knew this. Why? Because he's a scientific God and he knows all. He said unto him, would thou be made whole? This is a question. Now, the question was, would thou be made whole? This is a yes or no question, right? So the impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man, excuse number one, when the water is troubled, number two, to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another step down before me, number three, Jesus said unto him, now, mind you, the man gave him those excuses, right? But Jesus did not respond to the excuses that the man was telling Jesus. Jesus asked him, would thou be made whole? That was his question. He didn't ask him to tell him the reason why he's not whole. But the impotent man answered, and he said, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming another step down before me, and Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. Now, before this, when the angel troubled the water, it's like every man for himself. And this is how the secular world thinks in real time. As I am speaking, it's every man for himself. It's shipwreck time. If you can't get it, then you're on your own. Now we're in a situation right now in real time with a pandemic, but we're on our own. Unless God intervene. And when God in intervenes, then there is a miracle, there is blessings, there is only one question that God has for you. Will thou be made whole? No excuses. In other words, just believe. Yes or no? Yes, I will be made whole. Now, in the Amplified, John, the fifth chapter. We're almost done. Thank God for his word. Thank God for revelation knowledge of this water in the natural. Now, here's the thing. The water is odorless, right? That's what it says. The water is odorless. Now, the Holy Spirit is unseen. So, if you match unseen and odor, odorless together, the odorless, you can't smell, right? And the unseen God, you cannot see. 
And then not only that the water doesn't have any taste, it's just water. It's odorless. And it also has a flammable mix to it. Right? So it's odorless. God is unseen. So that's why he say he is the water of life. You can't see him, but you know he's there. You can't taste the water, but you know that it's good for you and your body. It's good for your insides, and it's also good for your outside. What? What am I saying? Your skin. The more you drink water, the better your skin looks. That's the outward appearance. And the inward appearance, the water protects your organs and your joints, your spinal cord. So, what am I saying? In the spirit, the unseen God protects you inwardly and outwardly. But you can't see it, just like you can't taste or smell the water because it's odorless and it doesn't have a taste, but it's good for you. Now, Jesus is unseen, but he's good for you. So, that's why he said that he is the water of life. Now, in the uh, Amplified, John, I just had to throw it out there. Uh, just a small snippet of some revelation. Knowledge that God has given me for this water. John, the fifth chapter. Starting at the fourth verse. And it reads, For an angel of the Lord went down into the pool at appointed seasons and stirred up the water. Stirred up the water. Touched it. Made it move. When you saw the moving of the water, you knew that miracles is about to take place of whoever gets in the water first. So, if you jump in at the same time, do everybody get healed? We don't know. At the point of seasons, and stirred up the water. The first one to go in after the water was stirred, was healed of his disease. There was a certain man there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus noticed him lying there, helpless, knowing that he had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to get well? The invalid answer, listen, what the Amplified said, the invalid answer. That's not the answer that Jesus was anticipating. Jesus was anticipating, yes. Do you want to get well? The invalid answer, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am coming to get into it myself, someone, in other words, he was scooping pulling his body because he couldn't walk. So he was scooting and trying to get into the water. But because he was scooting so slow and that 
he didn't have any legs to run and jump into the water. The person that jumped into the water, he probably ran and jumped into the water and just went into the water. But he had to scoot himself like a baby that couldn't walk. They just scoot. So he was just scooting. And it was too much time in the scoot. And Jesus said, do you want to get well? The invalid answer, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am coming to get into it myself, someone else steps down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your pallet and walk. Immediately the man was healed and recovered his strength and picked up his pallet and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. Now that's going to get into the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the, the Bible scholars, quote unquote, things that you can't do because of the law. But Jesus is the law. In other words, Jesus was the water. Jesus was the water. Just like he told the Samaritan woman at the well. The water that I give you, you shall not thirst again. So Jesus used that same water and blessed the man that was impotent for 38 long years and told him to take up his bed and walk. Why? We're going back to the word, which is scientific proof. And it's validated through God himself. So he told him to take up thy bed and walk. And Jesus was the one that sent the angel to trouble the water. So Jesus himself came on the scene because the man needed some help. Would thou be made whole? Don't give Jesus an invalid answer. It's either yes or you don't believe. So yes or no. But of course, the response should be yes. So don't give invalid answers. In other words, don't make up any excuses. Just say yes and let Jesus validate that yes by giving you that miracle that you need. Somebody needs to shout glory. Somebody needs to shout amen behind this one. Thank God for that. John, the fifth chapter, the angel, the troubling of the water. Now, here's the thing. Water, we need. The water of life, we also need. So, in other words, we need the water of life in the spiritual, and we need water itself in the natural because it protects our organs and it keeps us hydrated. Now, if you don't have any water, you can dehydrate and your organs starts to break. Your tissues and your body starts to malfunction. Your joints malfunctions. Now, if you take an engine, an engine needs fluids. So we're going to use the concept of water to an engine, which is oil, 
for the engine. You have pistons in the engine that moves up, up, ups and, up and down. And the oil helps lubricate, just like the water helps lubricate our joints and our tissue. So the oil in the engine lubricates the piston and it keeps it going. And the water that also, or you can use antifreeze as well, that keeps the engine cool. In other words, it keeps it from dehydrating like your body. So you need water in the summertime to keep the engine cool or antifreeze to keep it at a consistent temp so the car wouldn't get hot. And see, if you don't have water in your body, when you sweat and you get hot, it drains the water out of your body. So if you're if your uh, thermostat is not working, then it shoots the water out and it makes the engine hot and it begins to dehydrate. And it starts smoking. And if it smokes, it can burn the heads on your engine. And that can blow your heads, the gaskets, everything will just shoot up. Your heads will need to be cut or you need to change them. Why? Because you lost water or antifreeze in that engine because of the thermostat or you have a bad leak. If you have a water pump that has a bad leak, it can cause dehydration. In other words, it causes you to lose water or antifreeze. And if you have an oil leak, then it can cause your pistons, it can cause your piston to, to rot, to ride on just steel with no lubrication which is your organs for the car that needs water and lubrication. So our bodies technically are the same way without water. That's why we need water. So what am I saying? Jesus said he is that water that you will never thirst. But in the natural, yeah, you're still going to thirst and you still need to replenish yourself every day with water. If not, you're going to dehydrate. Your organs going to need some help. Your joints definitely going to need some help. And when people cramp up, that's because they didn't have enough water in their body from working out. You playing sports, then after you're done playing sports, guess what happened? If you don't drink enough water, you start to cramp up. They call them Charlie horses. Why? Because you haven't drank enough water to keep the lubrication there so you won't suffer after playing sports or working out. We need that water. We need water in the natural and we need the water in the spirit for everlasting life. Because in your belly flows rivers of living water. We need that living water. And we thank God for it. We magnify you. We thank you for your word. And we give you honor because you are a scientific God. You are all science. You are all the science that we need in this walk of life. And we thank you for being a scientific God because there are elements 
that we know not of, but you know all the elements in this scientific world. We're seeking you, and we shall find you. We're knocking, and the door shall be opened unto us. And you also said, study to show thyself approved. In other words, get my knowledge, because I am the scientific God that is all-knowing. And we thank you, and we magnify you, and we give your name to praise God. And we forever will praise you in Jesus' name. Keep us and give us revelation knowledge or your scientific ways that we may obey like the general did when the prophet told him to go dip through his messenger seven times. When you speak, God, give us the ability to obey and not have an invalid answer when you speak. We thank you. And we magnify you because you are the chief cornerstone. You are the author and the finisher of our faith. We thank you for being scientific. If it wasn't for science, there would be no knowledge. And we thank you for your science because you have it down to a science, even a molecule, even when you spoke about the mustard seed faith, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, that is a scientific fact that the mustard seed can grow and become big. But it starts off with a small grain. And the more that we know God's word, the more that mustard seed of faith grows within us. And that will make us part of the scientific God because his word is scientific, is true. It has been prophesied years and years before the Christ. The prophets let us know that the Messiah was coming. And that came from a scientific God, and it was not a theory. Now you have the seven-day advantage. Advantage says that Christ was coming in that particular time, but that wasn't scientific. But we know when God says it is, because he is a scientific God. He doesn't need any theories. He doesn't need any conspiracy theories because God is a scientific God and we magnify him for that and we thank him and we glorify the knowledge of all knowing which is the omnipresent God. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep us and protect us and guide us in all of the walks of life that is upon this earth, God. Save us from this untorn world. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you.